to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. Water Life Science, Nature's Pharma, and the Power of Water. This show began many years ago because I decided well over 30 years ago, that I was going to be studying the importance of our bodies and what is what can we do to find a cure for stress, disease, and the symptoms that we have. And what I determined many years ago, that water is the most important life you have, and it is a life. You live in it when your mother's carrying you in her womb, You develop birth, and once you're born, you come into the water of the water vapor of the atmosphere. And this is something on the show that you will listen to me forever. The water vapor of the atmosphere is once you're born, is what keeps you alive. The earth itself, living with the universe, is alive and doing what it does with its process of rhythm is because of the water in the atmosphere. The moment you were born, you began a process to live in that water, like an electric rod. You're electrolytic. You're the battery. And you're being charged every day, every second, in the atmosphere. That atmosphere begins an evaporation that evaporation is what is happening to you. No two eyes are alike. No two fingerprints are alike. No two people. Everybody is so different because of the water in your body living with the atmosphere. And then you're living with the earth and its system and its water and it's living with the atmosphere. So what is the relationship of what might be a disease, a symptom, a complaint of how you feel, your health? It's been overlooked, and we're not going to overlook it anymore because it is so important that we all learn together what we can, how our body is working to live every day, and the pace you must take what is causing what is happening to your complaints, your your health, your system of what might be disease. The excitement of this show is you're going to have a show that brings on guests for you to be able to learn from, like you're eavesdropping in a laboratory, of two people talking research and science and health, nature's pharma. Because it's the nature of our lives that we're going to be teaching you that is primary, the the most important focus, is the water. And it always will be the number one focus. So how important is it for the earth to be conscious of water? Why isn't that water isn't our priority of number one of everything? Well, hopefully with influence, we will do that together, all of us. 
to bring together the focus of water to be the number one primary reason. We get out of bed every day, we elect our officials and our government leaders and our scientists think about how important it is to put water as a priority. Today, I wanted you to think and look up, uh, search Facebook. Facebook, look up Restoring Life in the Aerial Sea. It is going to be, it should be very fascinating what they're trying to do with planting trees. Now, I have studied that, that when you plant a tree and that root system begins to develop a soil around it, and then that tree begins to pull moisture out of the air. And the more trees you have, the more moisture there is going to be in the air. If there's not enough trees, you're not going to have the same moisture in the air. Always think that way. Moisture put in sand doesn't put the moisture in the air the same. It's the soil, living soil. So the more trees that are planted. So they're going to try planting more sea, more trees in the aerial sea where it became so where it became dry. Look up with Facebook what's happening in Puerto Rico to get their water back to where it was trying where they had before the hurricane. Be sure and look up um, in the different uh, what's happening with garbage throughout the, our country and the world. The dumping of garbage into our ocean. Sadly, we're going to be paying for that. And it's changing the temperature of the sea. I've studied that. Change the temperature of the air. I've studied that. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to change the temperature of the water. And you don't want to change the temperature of the air. It'll over-evaporate and we'll have less of it in time. Then we found that Antarctica has lost more than 3 trillion tons of ice in 25 years. Look that up. And remember what, how we're living in America is how we affect the rest of the world. The population, as of today, in the United States, is 326 million, 731 and 1,127 people. The world population is 7,631,547,935 people. Babies born today recorded is 127,635 people. Last year, there were 67,000, pardon me, 67,634,435 babies born. They need water. So keep that on your mind, that this show is going to be about what we're going to try to learn about nature. And this is something, before I go to our guest and our our commercial, your brain is 80 to 85% water. Your lungs are 75 to 80% water. Your teeth, 8 to 10% water. Your heart is 75 to 80% water. Your bones are 20 to 20% water, 25% water. Skin is 70 to 75% water. Blood, 50% water. Muscles, 
70 to 75% water. Now, are you, is water important to your everyday nourishment? There's five things you have to learn to do. Learn how to breathe correctly. The atmosphere is water vapor. Breathe in, let it out through the mouth. Number two, you have to drink at least eight to 10 glasses of water a day in a 24-hour period. And don't count your vegetables and don't count your juices of what's in the water in your teeth. It's got to be plain water. You've got to be able to eat correctly. There's a new learning in the technology of how to eat food. Learn how you operate with the food you eat. Exercise. Unless you're an athlete, don't overdo it. But if you're an athlete, be moderate. Try to find in between your practice and your exercise to be moderate. Pace yourself. Don't push yourself to to moderate so you don't over evaporate. And that's the key to good body rhythm. Don't over evaporate. And the last one is sleeping. It's kind of like the commercials on TV. Learn how to use your pillow and learn how to sleep. It's so important to you. Do it like Earth has to do. You have to learn to sleep. Today we have an exciting guest that I'm really excited about having on. is Dr. Jerry Pollack, who's a biochemical engineer and has been studying water, has done some breakthroughs in water, and is world known with water and science. We're going to listen to our uh, commercial and we're to, uh, Nature's Tears Eye Mist for Dry Eye. We'll be back with Dr. Jerry Pollack in just a minute. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. I'm going to be introducing you today to Dr. Jerry Pollack. 
is professor of bioengineering at the University of Washington. He is also founding editor-in-chief of the journal Water, conveyor of the annual conference of the physics, chemistry, and biological uh, biology of water, executive director of the Institute of Venture Science. I'm going to tell you a lot about Dr. Pollock here because I don't, I want you to know how important of work he's doing with his passion and his commitment to water. His interests have ranged broadly from the biological motion and cell biology to the interaction of biological services with aqueous solutions. His 1990 book, Muscles and Molecules, Uncovering Principles, He's been mastering of uncovering new discoveries of biological motion. One, an excellent, he has won an excellence award from the Society of Technical Communications. He's won many awards through the years of what he's done. He's, his 1990 book for muscles and molecules is, has uncovered principles of biological motion. And through the years, Pollock has received honorary doctorates. His colleagues chose him as a recipient of of the University of the Highest Honor and Distinction in the University of Washington. Dr. Pollock is founding fellow of the American Institute of Medical Biological Engineering and fellow of the Association of Engineering Society. He has received an NIH Director's Transformative R01 Award. He's won, he was the 2012 recipient of awards that are unmastering. His world of discovery is one of a kind. He has a book out that is absolutely unbelievable, received honors, honors for it that are no, um, noted throughout the world, and, and his fourth phase of water. Dr. Pollock, are you with us? I am with you, Sharon. Thank you for the very nice introduction. Uh, much, much appreciated. Um, uh, well, you um, work so hard, and my gosh, the, what you've accomplished. And tell the audience a little bit about what, why, how did you get started with focusing on water? I was studying muscles. Uh, we, we spent... Uh, our laboratory spent a quarter of a century uh, looking into the molecular mechanism of muscle contraction, how, you know, how the, the proteins, muscle proteins interact to produce force and, and motion. And um, there's a, a theory that has been out there for many years put forth by a um, very distinguished uh, no, Nobel laureate, uh, Sir Andrew Huxley, who's passed about five or six years ago and he was he was a kind of almost a godlike figure and and unfortunately the evidence didn't fit and we spent that fit his theory and we spent many years working on trying to find an alternative and what occurred to me one day uh, as I woke up is you know uh, you, as you said in your introduction muscle is I forget 70 percent or something like that water uh, and it's even even more uh, astonishing uh, when when you think when you count molecules. See the seventy percent that you mentioned is seventy percent by volume um, inside the the muscles. But if you do a molecular count, that is, if you line up all the molecules in the muscle 
and count them one by one as they uh, uh, line up, what you find is that more than 99% of the molecules in your muscle are water molecules. They're very small, so you need a lot of them to make up that 70% volume. Um, and it occurred to me, occurred to me that how, how is it possible that 99% of the molecules do nothing? <laughs> you know, uh, the, the theory, the theories that are around and still around about how muscles contract uh, assume that the proteins inside the muscle uh, are doing something in a vacuum, that there's no water there. But, um, but the reality is, is that 99% of the molecules inside your muscle are water, are water molecules. And so it seems staggering, astonishing that we could think about muscle contraction and ignore 99% of the molecules. Um, this is the way it is and the way it pretty much remains today. Those molecules, those molecules are uh, presumed to be nothing more than the bath that bathes the important molecules of muscle or, or you know, extend to other organs of, of, of life. Uh, how, how could that be? And so this got me started, and I, I, I began thinking of the water must somehow be involved in, in the process of muscle contraction. And this is where we started. I happened to, uh, happened to meet uh, some influential uh, people. Uh, there are, um, have been quite a few people over the years who dissented from, from the, the prevailing view that the water is irrelevant. Uh, one of them is, is a Nobel laureate and pretty much the father of modern biochemistry, uh, Albert St. Georgie, uh, who discovered vitamin C, uh, and actually studied muscles uh, as well. And he's famous for, um, as I said, as, as the father of modern biochemistry, but, but one of his important uh, messages where, uh, or quotes, which is often repeated, is, uh, life is water dancing to the tune of solids. So he knew that water was absolutely central to all processes in the body. Uh, and, and then there was another uh, person, Gilbert Ling, L-I-N-G, who's now 99 years old and kicking. Uh, and Gilbert, by now, has written, I, I think, seven books talking about the water that's inside the cell. And, and, and Gilbert uh, presented evidence in, in, in these books that, that the water inside the cell is not like water in a glass. It actually... Uh, when, when you drink a typical glass of water, it consists of a lot of water molecules that are bouncing around at um, a huge number of times uh, per second and randomly uh, oriented, uh, if you can imagine that, that kind, of, kind of dance. He said, no, 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 the water that's inside the cell is not like that. The molecules are all lined up like a, as, as in a crystal. And he had a great influence on, on me. And, and that's where we started our work on the fourth phase of water. He was the inspiration uh, for me. So anyway, that, I hope that answers your question. That's how we got started studying water. I transitioned from studying the muscle proteins um, to, to the water inside the muscle, and then and more generally, water inside the body, and even more generally, water in nature. And you were talking about nature uh, in your, your introduction. And so uh, the, the water is obviously critically important in 
all kinds of biological processes, but also in uh, every aspect of nature that you can think of. It's central and it's critical. It's, it's, it's the most important life. And, and I think if we, with this radio show, start focusing on water life science and what is happening out there that for some reason, I guess it's because of distraction, so much going on, demanding of all of you studying what I have done and more, all of us, that we forget to, to the priority to keep reminding our leaders of the world that water should be the number one focus for our life to be healthy, safer, and then to also think about the planet Earth to be here for maybe eternity if, 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 if everybody works at it, but it has to be a primary focus on water. Don't you agree with that? Totally to agree. Primary, yeah, focus. primary focus on, on, on water. You know, in the, in the, in the scientific community, um, uh, it, it used to be that, that uh, there was a primary focus on water. We're talking about 75, 80 years ago or, or more. About the 1800s. But, I've studied that. No, yeah. even, even, even the 1900s, uh, up, up until uh-huh. the, the middle of, uh, of uh, the last century, there, there was that kind of focus. But, but what happened is that, uh, is that scientists... Um, in, in general, pulled away from studying water, and and, um, and there, there are some reasons for this uh, in in the scientific community. There were a couple of experimental debacles that took place where where uh, there were two two incidents. I can tell you about it if you want, but they're kind of interesting. Uh, two two incidents where well known, extremely famous scientists and two different occasions, once in, one in Russia and the second in France, um, came up with, with some observations that were startling. Um, and, you know, when people come up with startling observations, uh, there, there's an element of conservatism that challenges uh, in proper conservatism. Wait a second. We're, we're not so sure about, about your finding. And, and it turned out, um, at least according to the popular press, it turned out that these, both of, the, of these people who had come up with, with such interesting and challenging uh, uh, observations, they were seemingly proved wrong. And you see, when, when a famous scientist is, is proved wrong and even proved stupid because of what, what they've done, this doesn't encourage scientists to keep going and studying that, uh, that kind of, uh, of material. They, they deviate to different fields because, you know, you think if, if a scientist so famous can screw up so badly, uh, what about us uh, mere mortals? We can very... Right easily uh, screw up. And, and, and so and I remember as a, as a graduate student um, yeah. for my PhD, someone, a professor coming to me, and I had nothing to do with water. I was studying uh, muscles, uh, heart muscle. And I remember so distinctly he came to me and gave me a, uh, unsolicited advice. And he said to me, you know, you can do anything you want uh, when, when you graduate and go into academic life, but don't study water. <laughs> and I, oh, I remember it because it was so it was so out of context. Why on earth would he tell me to stay away from I water? Really, and it, 
Yeah, it was it was just because one of those debacles <laughs> well, had. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you written so, him a, a letter and called him up and said, "Guess what? My focus is dead." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, That's yeah. Because, you know, I learned well, when I was studying back in the 1800s. Of oh, back in the 1800s, as far right? As yeah. I could go, but in the 1800s, they were. Uh, making fun of scientists studying. And then it was, like you said, in the early 1900s where they just put it out of their minds altogether because of the embarrassment. And it must yeah. be that story you just told us. But you know what? I, I studied that because I'm always curious why something might happen like that or anything happens with behavior patterns. And I found that they believe, how can you make money at a, at a discovery that you can't patent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. that may be re- relevant, and, but I think for the scientists we're well, talking about... Well, if they're going to be hired as a scientist to go and make uh, an income for who you're working with or for, that or get foundation or grant money, that you better figure out what the values would be to protect it and, and to, to make some money, where they can want to make some money at it. And they yes. didn't think it could be done. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, sure. How can you patent water? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it, it and doesn't. So, way back in time, when I was asked my story, then is uh, I had I was so concerned about melanoma in the skin and stress because I could see that stress was causing something to happen to the body that uh, they hadn't been studying. And so as I began to study, because I wanted people who had a a diagnosis that was serious, learn how to balance that so they wouldn't get overstressed with it. So as I was studying, and I by accident fell into what the atmosphere's influence is in the water. Then I moved into the body water and that influence. Then I was so surprised that they had not been studying this evaporation of the body living with the evaporation of the atmosphere's water. I was shocked, and I said to myself that someday that skin cancer, because of what's happening to the atmosphere, the water vapor of the atmosphere, is going to cause more disease, and people would be passing away with melanoma and diseases attributed to melanoma than any other disease. That's how I looked at it over 30 years ago. Mm. So as I came along and I did what I did to uh, get into the world of, the, of skin, studying that and, and, and developing a product for the skin, Nature's Mist, and made enormous success. But here came ophthalmology research when they saw a documentary about myself on public broadcasting. And they said, you were talking about evaporation of the skin and stress, have you ever looked at the eyes and the water evaporation of the eyes? I said, no. And they said, could you do it for do it? And I did for a year. And I took to them, Dr. Pollock, just what you were learning. The evaporation of the eye is what causes the eyes to go dry because the surface of the eye is 99% water. They had invented an eye drop to trap the moisture to slow it down, but they hadn't developed a humidifying method 
that could be a hand-portable device to slow that evaporation down. Yeah. So you're right about what, what you were learning. Is that it was at first almost like voodoo, stay away from it. But now they're saying, don't quit, don't quit, because there's scientists that are needing it. Oh, sure. And then we have that new scientist uh, over there in New York that uh, I sent you the article uh, at Beth Israel, I think it is, that found another organ in the body. Like you found a fourth phase of water, they found an organ in the body that they never knew was there that fluctuates the water. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you know, there, there's some, uh, I, I know the article you're, you're talking about, and, you know, uh, I think some of that may be a little bit hype because, because there are lots of people who, who do, did do un- understand that um, it, it's not really a, a, new, a new organ uh, uh, full of water. Uh, many people, including the people who study fascia, for example, they've known for, for decades, years, uh, that that the tissues are full of full of water and and there is a there's a fellow who produced a, a, a wonderful film and I think a book also um, uh, I think his name is Jean Claude Gumberto or something like that who who has pictures of of the, the kinds of tissues that were uh, discussed in that in that article and he shows droplets of water moving back and forth and this is live tissue this is taken using fiber an optical fiber um, uh, and a camera uh, at the end of the optical fiber to take pictures of living tissue so most pathologists study fixed tissue dead fixed tissue and of course there's no water and and so one would think from studying these fixed tissues that there's no water there and so what these people discovered that hey there is water there and let's call it a new organ um that a lot of people have actually known about this for for many years it's just that uh, when you you know when scientists in one field don't know what the scientists in another field have been studying nevertheless it's really interesting that uh, finally it's come, come to light to many people that there's a lot of water inside there, inside your body. And you mentioned evaporation, and one of the really stunning things is that the people studying weather, um, and I think I learned this on your show uh, once about a year or two ago when you put me together with, with uh, someone studying weather and, and the fellow... With Dr. Cecil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there was some technical issue, and it didn't it didn't uh, come come to pass. But in any way, he told me one of the comments he made is one of the surprising things is that the people, the atmospheric scientists studying weather, there are two things that they don't know, uh, don't understand. Uh, one is clouds and how they form, and the second is evaporation, just as you mentioned. And it's kind of stunning because when you think about weather, you think about evaporation, of course, of all the water, and you think about the clouds and how the, how the clouds form and grow and such. And it's really stunning that at, in this day of modern science, uh, the climate people have no clue about how this works. And, and We're going to take is... a break for just one moment. We're going to come back, and I'll, uh, we'll talk about that. And then okay. you're going to tell us what you've been up to. Uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You are very special. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist, uh, patented worldwide to slow down the evaporation of the tear film that causes dry eye. If you're wearing contacts or using eye drops, It's the new add-on application to make everything better for you daily for your complaints of a dry eye. 
I'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Dr. Pollock. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Pellock, I want to thank you so much for being on here today again. Um, thank you. Um, your background, don't ever, ever um, back off of what you're doing. Uh, we were talking before the break about evaporation, and that is something in the water that Dr. Cecil and I, and he's going to be on with us next week. Uh, Dr. Dwayne Cecil has been all over the world. He's been with NASA, NOAA, uh, Consulting Global. Uh, he's a water, climate, and atmospheric scientist. The excitement of his background as he started recognizing, because I, I brought it to his attention, the word evaporation is something that I learned long ago that is causing the, the, the challenges we're all having. Because that evaporation is per individual, where you live, geographically, and the climate, the weather, everything about where the geographic location is, is what's happening with evaporation, uniquely different in different spots, depending upon the trees that are there. Is it soil or is it sand? Uh, how much grass is there? Uh, we could go on and on, evaporation. And um, it's strange, but it was a word that they left behind, maybe because it was kind of out of the box. But what is your your thinking? Because you discuss, you started discussing. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, um, so. Um, um, well, well, I'm not sure. Not sure where to start. But let me let me start by 
by um, asking you to think about what uh, the last time you were sitting in Starbucks drinking a hot cup of coffee, um, and and um, so uh, when drinking a hot cup of coffee, you can see the vapor uh, coming out of the coffee. If you, especially if you uh, if you have if the walls are dark, and you look at the vapor coming out of the coffee, you can see the vapor. Uh, I think many people have. Are, 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 are accustomed to that, and if you think about how can you see the vapor, you see we think of we think of evaporation as occurring one molecule of water at a time, and you can't see one molecule. That's why if you look at the air, you can't see the air because the air molecules are so small that they don't scatter very much light, and therefore you can't see it. So you see through the air, you don't see the air at all. In order to see something. That something has to be big or relatively big on a on a molecular scale. So you know you can see a golf ball and you can see a um, a soccer ball, uh, but you can't see a molecule. And so it turns out there's a lot of work that's been done on this that the size of uh, things that you can see uh, have to be it roughly an uh, order of magnitude of the size of the wavelength of light. And the wavelength of light is typically about half a micrometer. So um, now, uh, so something to be seen, it needs to be bigger than a half micrometer. Well, um, half a micrometer uh, will contain, I forgot I calculated once, like uh, uh, 10 million molecules of water. So in other words, if you can see the water that's evaporating from your hot cup of coffee or, or tea, the, the 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 unit that is evaporating has to be it has at least ten million molecules, not one, but ten million. And so, what's coming directly out of the water are, are clusters of water that have to be at least ten million molecules. And actually, people and we also have measured it, and it turns out to be ten or fifty or a hundred times that size. So. So we're talking about the, the process of evaporation uh, occurs a, a huge number of molecules in each each gulp uh, or burst or what have you, and they keep coming uh, one after another. And and so we learned a lot uh, about this sort of thing, and it it appears the, an entire chapter in my my book, the fourth phase of water. Uh, that that deals with that. And by the way, the book has become really popular. It's it's intended for lay people, and and there's a, a lot about water, including the fourth phase uh, of water and what it and the fact that it fills your body. This is the water that fills your body, not not ordinary H2O. So so at any rate, in terms of evaporation. This seems to be the way evaporation occurs, not one molecule at a time, as the textbooks would would suggest, without really, I think, a whole lot of evidence. It's just, you know, it it seemed reasonable to someone to say it occurs when a a molecule of water gets a kick of kinetic energy and and bounces out of the water. It seems that that's not the way it it occurs. It's a more deterministic process that's described in the book. That, that occurs. So, so you know, in terms of weather and clouds and such, um, the clouds come from water, and the water is the evaporated water. And if you want to understand the process that goes on, you should know something about the process of evaporation, which, as we we discussed, is not 
is not widely known. And, you know, when you get to the clouds, you, there are questions you begin thinking about, uh, like one question, the sort of obvious question is, it's a clear blue day and you see a, a bunch of clouds floating um, in the sky, um, the cumulus clouds, they look like the abodes of angels. They just sit there and float so gently in, in the sky. And, and so a question is, well, you know, how come they float? And if you think about it, nobody or very few people think about it. What are clouds? Well, clouds are made of water, right? And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and so water is lighter or heavier than air? Well, it's heavier than air, mm-hmm. right? Because, mm-hmm. well, you know, you take a pail of water and, and it, it, the gravitation pulls it down. And in a similar way, gravitation pulls or wants to pull the water in the cloud down. And so how come the cloud stays up? Right. So this is a question few people think about. And, um, you know, I... We have, we, I know somebody who's an airport controller for a huge airport for years scientifically. And she said to me one time long ago, she said, how do you think we fly our plane? The evaporation of the atmosphere. The evaporation of the atmosphere is how they fly yes, their planes? they plane? have to understand how that plane is going to fly through what they have to fly through. Every, all, from the moment it takes off to the moment it lands. I'm not sure of the point you're, you're, you're trying to make. Well, the water in the atmosphere, the water in the atmosphere, and what is changing it is the is evaporation. And the evaporation, as, it, as you go from uh, location to location, the water vapor changes. Like oh, oh, yeah. Describe. Yeah, sure. And now, we need to take that into Now back a- to the evaporation, of, like Dr. Cecil and I said the evaporation of the human body, of course. I mean, you taught me in one of our original shows something that I was wondering about, but you said you've been learning, is that the body is electrolytically charged with, like, a battery. Absolutely. With the atmosphere. And to me, there's where they need to study for diseases, is what is happening with that individuality of that person from birth and their evaporation of, of what is happening to uh, learn. And that's what, what, what are they going to learn about that electrolytic reaction? Um, well, yeah. They haven't the, been doing it like you, you yeah, haven't been doing it. No, no. Almost nobody thinks about charge in, in, in the body. There, there is one, actually, a guy named uh, Dr. Jerry Tennant, T-E-N-N-A-N-T, and he's, he's written a book, the uh, uh, name, something like uh, uh, The Body is Voltage or something like this, and it's really interesting. And he almost uniquely brings to light the fact that we're electrically charged. And the reason that we came to, to understand this is because the fourth phase of water, or we call it EZ water or exclusion zone water, which EZ comes from that, exclusion zone, uh, that has negative charge. And our body is built of that kind of water. It's not built of, of ordinary H2O, which is neutral. It's built mostly of fourth phase water, which is negatively charged. And so, if, you know, if... if uh, it, it, if we're uh, if we're seventy uh, percent water by volume and most of that water is negatively charged, then we're going to be negatively charged. And 
healthier people have more negative charge. They have an ample amount of, uh, of that fourth phase water. And the fourth phase water, everything you do in, in your body, every function of your body requires the presence of that water. And if you don't have enough of it, if you're, uh, if you're dehydrated, as you, you were uh, talking about, then you're not functioning well because it, it's not a secondary thing. It's a primary thing because that water, that easy water, is entangled or, or it envelops every protein in your body. And the, when the proteins undergo their folding, which they do in order to mediate various uh, actions that these cells are, are uh, responsible for doing or these proteins are responsible, it's the protein plus the water, this fourth phase of water that, that surrounds it. And if you don't have enough of it, you can't function. So, uh, I mean, for example, if your muscle doesn't have enough of this charged fourth phase water, it doesn't contract properly or it doesn't relax now, properly. Didn't you, say, didn't you describe to me that that fourth phase of water is, just, is a little uh, thicker of a water? In other words, it's a heavier water. It's more dense. It's slightly more dense than ordinary water. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So are you, is it a possibility that in time with study that you may learn that that's what's slowing down the individual's body evaporation, not to become a sieve, uh, to whether you're losing too much water. Uh, in other words, you have a balance uh, to be able to maintain the water. That's how important Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to... You got to maintain it, and as you said, the way you maintain it is to drink drink water. So what happens? What happens when you drink the water is that uh, some of that water, not all, because you pee it out, uh, some of that water uh, gets transformed from the ordinary water that you drink to to the fourth phase water, and the fourth phase water is is basically the stuff that fills your cells, uh, the stuff that's needed for function. Well, and so then you're you evaporating drink... it through the skin, too, because you're yeah. constantly filtering. Totally, yeah. That's so why you have to make skin is like main... a filter. Yeah, and you need to maintain that balance. You need to, you need to compensate for what gets evaporated and, and maintain, um, suit, thereby maintain suitable hydration. So the hydration, from our point of view, the hydration is really, it's, it, it's not just drinking the water. It's actually converting the water that you do drink, whether it comes from drinking a glass of water or, or stuff that you get from, from food or, or plants and such, converting it um, or drinking it directly, uh, converting it into in, into fourth phase water, and um, and that conversion um, occurs naturally. And the energy that is responsible for driving that conversion, we found, is light, um, especially infrared mm-hmm. light. Uh, okay. So you absorb the light, and and the water gets converted mm-hmm. in into um, fourth phase uh, water, and. And that's what's what's critical for um, for your your being. And of course, I try to study a little bit of I try to study a little bit of plant life in between all this study. But have you? And that's where your light comes in. That the plants that receive the proper amount of light thrive. Yeah, that's exactly how. Yeah, that's how the plant functions. Uh, It you know it's photosynthesis and it's light. And the first step in a rather complicated process of photosynthesis involving, I think, 20 steps. The first step is receiving the light, and, and that receipt of light energy splits the water 
into negative OH minus and positive H plus. This is the same as we mm-hmm. discovered, uh, except what we discovered is more generic, that, that the light, um, it, it could be many materials. It's not, not just, for example, chlorophyll in, in green plants. Um, it, it, it occurs next to many, many materials. The water that um, intersects that material has the capacity of turning into fourth phase or EZ water, and it requires light. So the light actually splits the water into the negative and positive components, and the negative components pile up right next to uh, these various surfaces, and that's the, what we call fourth phase water. So, so, so plants do it, plants are specialized to do it, but the unexpected uh, feature is that we do it too. We use light. Yeah. We get energy from light. It's not only the food that we eat that supplies the energy. You can get energy from light. Uh, and, and this that is what goes- was so fascinating to me when they brought me in years ago to study the organ of the eye. And, yeah. this, and uh, I was already uh, in my late 40s, and I had never heard from one of my doctors that the surface of my eye is 99% water. Yeah, well, they may not have known it. it it's, that, no, that no, no, they knew it. And, but when they invented the eye drop uh, over 100 years ago was to trap and slow that, that evaporation down because it's the evaporation of that tear film touching the atmosphere when that eyelid is open that causes dry eye to have vision impairment to go to potential blindness. And they said that blindness was going to be out of control someday because nothing had ever been uh, invented to be able to slow that down. And I was just shocked. So, um, but dry eye, I think in time, with what you're learning about the evaporation, I'm calling it evaporation, the water loss of the body and the study of the body water living with the water vapor of the atmosphere, that that word evaporation and then the eye evaporation, I think you're going to be able to see a lot of diagnosis of what is happening once they take it serious of what is happening to that water surface of the eye because they'll understand what is happening. They've already said in, <coughs> that with, with uh, stem cell uh, trans uh, of the eye, that it's that water that is so important them for that, and that eventually they are saying that some of the diagnosis of the symptoms in the body can be found with some symptoms from the surface of the eye, and then oh, yeah. you're, you're going to be able to help them learn what is happening inside the body. Well, I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I think the, uh, you know, what, what we found has a lot of application, um, in, certainly in biology and, and medicine, but also in agriculture and weather and, and such. Wherever there's water, you really, in order to understand what's going on, uh, to deeply understand at a, at a fundamental level, <laughs> you need to first understand water and what water is all about. And what we've tried to do and is to... understand what life is all about, Doctor. What is water? Oh, yeah. Well, life is water, as, as, as the what famous uh, Albert is, and George said. What is the tree doing, the flower, everything? We only have a minute left for you, but with us, tell the audience how to find your book and what you're It's, uh, it's easy. Just uh, look under 
the fourth phase of water. It's easy to remember because you know about three phases, a solid, liquid, vapor, the fourth phase of water. And I guess the easiest place is right on Amazon. Um, um, you, you can, as I said, it's, it's become quite popular and it's designed for non-experts. So, and it has, has great cartoons and, and pictures uh, all mm-hmm. drawn by my son, who's a great artist. And so uh-huh. I, I recommend it highly if uh, anybody is uh, seriously interested in learning a bit about, about water, and it's fun. Uh, so, uh, well, thank you so much again today of joining us, and I hope we can do it again. And it would be fun to have you and Dr. Cecil on again. Well, there's no t- last time we had a technical problem. Right. Okay, sure. Okay, Sharon, thank you so much, and um, uh, thank, thank you, you for so your much. great uh, questions. Okay, I got to be with you. Thank Bye. you. Have a nice day and be well. Bye. Audience, I need to tell you that Dr. Pollock is one of the most prestigious doctors, scientists in the world. And it, it is, it's just obvious that we got to think out of the box about finding cures and symptoms. What, what are the symptoms of our life? And the symptoms of your life are always going to be primary. Water. The symptoms of our planet the nature farm of our lives and the planet is going to be water first, always water first. And I will have a prediction. The countries of the world that primarily focus on water in time are going to be the most economic, profitable, successful people there are because of water. And if you stop and think about what's the greatest investment on the, on the planet, it's investing in water. Think about it. And they keep that secret. I've been told. I've been in a lot of meetings. They're secretly investing for all these years in water. So remember how serious this is for your health. Also, I need you to realize that when we're out there running around with nature's pharma, stop and think about your health every day, but take and put somebody else's heart in your hands and their welfare. And when your emotions are riding high, think about what you might do to to affect them and their health and what is important for all and what is best for all, for their health. It is so important, individualities and their health. I want you to thank you for listening today and we'll look forward to you uh, coming to listen to us on the next show with Voice America, World Talk Radio, and our new partner with Rose Hong at Global Dragon Marketing and TV. I want to thank them for joining us, and I want to thank you. You have a nice day. Bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.